Craig gave us some <gasps> issues. He came in first. Thanks, Thanks. Craig. Nice. Yeah, he gave us some issues at the beginning of our recording. Yeah, that's our time, editor. But... Yeah, that's our editor and producer, uh, Craig. Oh, well, fuck yeah, Craig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Say hi, Craig. What's up, Craig? How you doing, man? Now recording. <laughs> Brian. Brian. Oh, is it bullying if I do that to a robot? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Jughead's Lament, the show where we talk about Riverdale. This week on Riverdale, we experience the death of cinema, Betty breaks into a car, and Fred continues to be a good dad. I'm Isabella Ramona. This is my co-host. I'm Brian. What's up? And joining us this week is our friend, Andrew, aka at corporate double underscore cute on Instagram. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing today? I'm feeling fantastic. Our first guest. I know. I'm so glad um, we we're finally. finally I'm honestly enjoyed. so honored to be we the first guest. Someone into our horrible thing. <laughs> yeah, we had to trick I will anyway. say, I, I was kind of a shock. I didn't get to watch the first couple of episodes, so <laughs> hopping right into four was interesting. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. glad they had the, the the little recap at the beginning. Well, really yeah, I know, like right? your input because we, you're not our first victim, and you won't be our last. Yes, very excited. Uh, so what is your like general first what did you think about Riverdale before this like what was your impression just general impression um man uh so I grew up at you know you know military housing and so we we kind of had those like you know uh neighborhood little leagues um mm-hmm. and I would always go to the little league stand every week and they'd have like a just a huge tub of the uh, the candy that has the Archie comics inside or the the bubble gum. Oh, Bazooka and Joe. So, yeah, Bazooka Joe. And yeah. I used to just it was like what like ten cents uh, Bazooka oh, Joe. And so I would just throw a dollar. Yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it was cheap, and I would throw a dollar in, just get a whole bunch. And I, you know, I had a, like a fat stack of those comics back in the day. So like fairly well-rounded with, uh, you know, Archie, Betty and, and the crew. Um, but going into the show itself, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of mixed <laughs> reviews. A lot of mixed reviews. And... <laughs> a mixed review in my heart yeah me i gotta say i can't say it's terrible but i can't i can't say it's good and good conscience i can't love it and i i don't know if i can hate it maybe i can i don't know i think i don't know how i can i I don't know so i'm like "Mm." (laughs) Mm." there's probably a good reason it has five seasons but this first season at least the episode i watch gave me um (laughs) scooby-doo crystal cove vibes (laughs) Where, yeah, like, everything episode. is interconnected with family, and it's, like, you know, old mystery crew. Like, yeah. Yeah, it just yeah. feel. You're right. It was very, very interesting. This, this is an episode that I thought wasn't going to happen for quite some time. 
um, mm-hmm. to, to just not give away too much yet. Uh, this is an episode where things seem to come to a head with Grundy and Archie, yeah. which, I mean, I that felt like it was going to be a slower burn, but I'm sure she'll come back. I'm sure there's this more. <laughs> Probably? With, I don't know. With it, Geraldine. It, yeah. We'll talk about it once it happens. But Yeah. So, uh, it does feel a little weird. All right, well, without further ado, let's get into my six pages of notes. <laughs> Your synopsis. My so, synopsis. Yeah. Uh, how, do we, how are we breaking this down? Oh, we just, yeah, uh... so, so, so we've got like a format kind of. I, I take notes on it, uh, and, and I have big bullet points. That we go through chronologically, basically. Okay. okay. Um, so I take big bullet points, and then I've got stuff underneath. So we start off, as we always do, with <laughs> our boy Jughead's monologue. Yep. So okay, so that that's a consistent thing in yes. the series, correct? That is Jughead always okay. starts the mon- with a monologue. I mean, mm-hmm. so far, so far it's been Jughead. We did get Betty uh, following end. up. Yeah, mm-hmm. following up the monologue. Very um, odd, and I don't like it. <laughs> it felt weird. It really felt weird. Like she was kind of butting into his face. Very weird. We're on episode four. No need to get things a little crazy. Yeah, <laughs> the formula. This, this isn't a subversion yet. This is just not having a pattern anymore. Yeah, but but, but Jughead still started it, so it's okay. Jughead's the narrator, essentially, to this mm-hmm. story. Yes, so yeah. Gotcha, okay. Something you may not have noticed, because you didn't really talk about it in this episode. Jughead has been writing a novel throughout the show, and the novel is the events of the show. But, like, it's nope. not a fiction yeah. novel. It's, like, about the murder. Yeah, and he, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Mm-hmm. I don't, we don't really know how that I works. I hope. That's I a little... wonder what is going to happen when the mystery is solved after season one. Like, is he going to write another book and it's going to be awful? I'm excited. Like, is, like yeah. is season two just going to be like, now what? We solved the murder. Now they're just high schoolers. <laughs> yeah. Wait, where are you sophomores? Here? They're sophomores. This is... Yeah, they're not yeah, they're even sophomores this year. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, season three, you know? <laughs> season three. Yeah, we're on five, so we don't know how long this goes. But uh, it's, no it has been chronologically a week since they found Jason's body. Uh, Jason, they thought he died on the 4th, but it turns out he died about a week later. And then I think probably a month or two after that is where we are now. Uh, I'd say like three weeks, if I'm going to be honest. Maybe. It's hard to tell, but it has been a week since they found Jason's body. Uh, And and Jughead uh, is very sad because this was not the only death that Riverdale experienced. Riverdale also experienced the death of their local drive-in. The death Which of is cinema. Ju- yeah. The death of cinema, where oh. Jughead is, uh, it works, and so he'll no longer have a, jo- uh, a job. I also wanted to mention that this episode is called Chapter 4, The Last Picture Show, which was confusing until I watched the episode. Now I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Very weird. Also, at the beginning, uh, uh, the sign says closing soon, and it loses the C. I gave a great chuckle <laughs> when the C fell down. Yeah, it just says says- losing soon. <laughs> That is so funny to me. <laughs> that was a good joke. Losing soon. That is so. There's a lot of laughs for me in this episode. I really? Say. Okay. I didn't laugh yeah. as much. Maybe I was just focused on. You laughed at this I episode because there was stupid. A lot of stupid things. I, I laughed. Okay. Okay. I can laugh see the actors like trying the hardest, and <laughs> it, there's there's some things. There's some things. We'll get to them. Uh, yeah. And so the last thing Jughead mentions is that Betty now knows about uh, Archie and Grundy. They didn't really say that in the last episode. They know that she knows about the uh, the car. But she but connected she puts the it, dots. Yeah, she puts it together. Uh, mm-hmm. And so now we get into Betty's pretty short voiceover where she is basically just writing everything in her diary, which the second I saw that, I was like, oh, this is not a good idea. And yeah. <laughs> right. Let me get up on the soapbox for one second here. I am... Yeah. 
I watched this episode with two main things in mind. My like two favorite things that I like to like analyze in film and uh, TV is color theory and how the show relates to other shows that are currently on air or packed. And I am so tired of this diary trope that always <laughs> seems like I get it. The entire show at its core is a joke about tropes. But maybe. I don't know if I would give it that much credit, but yeah, I get what you mean. Oh yeah. Definitely have like, a lot of tropes. It at its core, the Archie comics are were oh, created. They are the tro- they're the trope, yeah. It yeah, is the trope. trope. And so it's kind of right. like you can never remove yourself from that source material enough for it to well, I mean you can, but well, for it to still be a good show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but sure, I get what you're saying. So so uh, what what would you say you're you're thinking about on, on in this particular scene regarding those? So when I saw the diary, obviously great foreshadowing. I knew I knew exactly what piece it was gonna end up playing. And they say that like a pretty particular line early on uh, that she takes like meticulous or uh, actually it's later on in the show. And uh, when we chronologically get to there, I'll bring that point back up. But like, I really am not in love with that, uh, that diary uh, usage. I I think uh, something more creative could have been done, at least on the writing side of the team, but it's one of those tropes that I see it used so many times in so many teen films that, like, you know, they just keep beating the dead horse. Mm-hmm. Sure, but yeah. There's a lot of that in this show. That is a lot of the show. A lot of that in this show. Yeah. That in this show. Uh, so they yeah, the literally first... combine all the tropes into one, which is what I noticed in episode one. But I mean, <laughs> that's a pilot. You, you, you kind of sign up for it at this one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So uh, the, the our first actual scene of the movie is or of the show is Archie and dad uh, and his dad Fred are watching Miss Grundy at some concert she's doing in the park, uh, and they have lines where Fred says, "Wow, she's incredible," and Archie goes, "Yeah, she's the best." It's I, such I, a gen- it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> it made my skin crawl. It uh, was. <laughs> It, it, the weirdest part about that scene too is when his dad starts hitting on this Grundy, and That's he's in the background just it's giving really eyes. Weird. It's so like weird. It. I think I was like, I think Fred likes Miss Grundy. It was so weird. It doesn't make me very happy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I will say before we move on to this scene, I had one last thing I wanted to add about the opening monologue. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So I don't know if this is consistent with the rest of the series, but does he always do the monologue inside of the diner? Yes, that's where he writes his novel. Okay. So one of the interesting things that I started to notice, I obviously I don't have a lot of collaboration to go past this, mm-hmm. is that um, the uh, diner there always acts as a source of information. And it is always tinted in blue. And every single window has red neon trim around the edges. Yep. So all the characters inside of the uh, the diner are always um, side lit. There, you never. There's never any light coming from behind the camera. It's always coming from the window behind them as like a backlighting source, and light above them, which is the blue source. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right. reason this is really kind of strange is that 
uh, in TV and in film in general, um, the palettes that you use for uh, your highlights and your darks aren't actually black and white. It's more of like a, like a teal and a uh, and a orange, and you can kind of see that in later parts of the show where they fall back onto that traditional uh, lighting style. But on that scene and the other scenes inside of the diner, uh, they're always red lit. And it gives the scene a really dramatic feeling, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. But it like, it shows a lot of aggression and heavy timing. So it's kind of got this like weighty feel to it where everything that goes inside of the diner is the information spot. It's where you go and you like you start this film there and then you end up there somewhere for like a breakdown halfway through, which I think they did. And then uh, it kind of fades out at the way, like their main hideout. And it's, the the I diner just think it, is very much like the only restaurant in town. It is one of yeah. the three sets that they have uh, <laughs> readily available. Uh, I, me and Brian, I'm pretty sure both think that Archie's house and Betty's house are the same set, but they only have Betty's that house. Today. I know. Oh, for I was sure. thinking about today. Even when they're interviewing Betty and her mom in the start of this episode, I'm pretty sure they only show the front of the house. So, <laughs> do, you think it, room or something. do you think it's two house sets right next to each other so they can do that weird window shot? Where she's I texting don't. him and he's looking out the window, and I'm like, I "Why are you so. because put yeah. some curtains up?" The number on Betty's house is one zero zero three. The number on Archie's house is two zero three seven. Don't ask why I noticed that. <laughs> what? So they're two different houses in different locations that they edit together. That scene where they look outside the window is on a different set. It's on it's the Taylor totally, Swift set yeah, that they, they use for the... Totally, yeah, that's It's set. a completely different set. That's but not Archie's room that you're looking into. It's a, it's a blank wall. That's true, yeah. It's totally not. That's why they, they have to sit him exactly in front of the window. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, folks. Because the next scene, yeah. as Andrew was talking about, is back yeah. at a Pop's Chocolate Shop. Spelled, again, C-H-O-C-K hyphen L-I-T chocolate such a not uh, a good name not a very juggy great. uh juggy kevin veronica and betty they're all hanging out in the diner uh jughead is, it's a good four actually and you know what i gotta say brian we've given kevin some shit for having one two character traits at this point kevin yeah. was pretty good this episode i like Yo, kevin 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 is good this episode I like kevin is what a, we wanted. it's the sheriff's boy right yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, this yeah, is so literally he, the first episode he's done anything. So. He was pretty good in this episode. Uh, but yeah. Jughead's whining about, you know, the drive-in, how it's closing, uh, which we find out later. I get why he's so upset about it. Uh, Absolutely. Kevin uh, Kevin cuts him off when he starts talking about Quentin Tarantino, which was the first moment. I was like, oh, I like Kevin now. Yeah. Fuck up, also Quentin pretty Tarantino. funny. I laughed at that. <laughs> that was really funny. Yeah, he's just like, stop. Just stop <laughs> it. <laughs> Because we all yeah. know people like that. No one else, <laughs> nobody else cares in the entire booth, really, uh, because nobody goes. And he's like, "Oh, well, people should go more." And it's like, "Yeah, but like that's rather closing." I kind of get it. Uh, okay. However, where it's very confusing, because Jughead mentions that the town owns the drive-in. It's like a public asset. Yeah. Uh, and and they just don't put money into it. Is that a thing? 
Very Andrew weird. will probably know more about this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really, it's fake mumbo jumbo for sure. Okay. The the town, the yes, technically the town could own the land and operate a movie theater or a drive-in movie theater on it. Totally possible. Um, I mean, we grew up in a town with a drive-in movie theater. Um, yeah, but I don't think it's owned totally, by that town. It's not, definitely not, but it could totally be owned by our you know local government. And it could be run and operated, but it's just really unlikely. By one uh, angsty boy. Yeah, one angsty boy in the booth. Yeah, it's... Another boy in the booth. It's, it's, a, it's, a, great, it's a great plot point, <laughs> but it's not really a realistic one. Uh, yeah. That being said, the... Um, the transaction that happens there where um, obviously there's we'll the, there. the we'll subplot. There. Yeah. The subplot for all of that um, is actually totally a legitimate thing. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about yeah. that. Um, so uh, yeah, they're, they're talking about this, uh, something that happens uh, a lot in this show, Andrew, uh, that you haven't had the uh, displeasure oh. to experience mm-hmm. is that Veronica just drops movie references off like so often. It's like oh. part of her character, but yeah. in no, in absolutely no way besides that she does. It. Like it doesn't impact the rest of her character. Uh, it's very obnoxious. It's very uh, and, weird. And so after Jughead talks about how it's it's an anonymous buyer um, who is who's doing it, and nobody really knows how. They drop. I wrote down all the references. American Graffiti, Kate Blanchett, Audrey Hepburn, the talented Mr. Ripley, and Rebel Without a Cause, which is Betty's half-hearted solution, which they end up actually showing. That's yep, the one they went with. Mm-hmm. 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 So that was weird. Uh, but that's that's pretty much everything in their part of the booth. But this is a this is a very Pops Diner heavy part of the show because Cheryl and friends are also there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Cheryl is dead without being at Pops. Of course, <laughs> every Cheryl, day. Yeah, it's the only restaurant in town. Exactly, it is literally the only restaurant they ever go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Cheryl is pissed about Veronica because her mom works at the diner, and that's like bad. Um, it's weird, and uh, she she gives like them the uh, she gives Veronica's mom the waitress the money. And she says to make sure that all that cash goes in the register because lodges are known to have sticky fingers. Cheryl, why are you guys being so mean and <laughs> Cheryl's just being a bitch right why now. Why are you just you, you're a side character for this episode, please? She really is. She's been a side character for two episodes. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. for, for for your information, uh, she is related to the boy who uh died. Who died. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I, I pieced that one together. And maybe okay. is in sexual relationships. Potentially, <laughs> well. but I don't know from from some other stuff. I'm sorry. I don't know anymore. I'm not. It's so sure. weird. Like even in this episode, she's like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then the, the, another group walks into the diner, and that's Archie, Fred, and Ms. Grundy. And so Betty looks what at them and is like, yeah, this is trouble. Hey, now is the best possible time to confront Archie about fucking Miss Grundy. Yeah, absolutely. Also, he's okay. His dad asks this teacher out on a date, right? In front of his son, basically. Absolutely. Well, I mean, technically. He wants to take them out. Like, I get what you mean. Like, it's totally like kind of a date, but also he's like, you know, hey, you're nice to my kid. But on the same note, they go to the diner. 
Yes. Well, you don't understand. <laughs> Andrew, this is what we mean. Everyone goes here. The rich, Every the poor. Night. Cheryl is rich as bones and she's going here. Whenever they order out, they, they say, oh, let's get takeout. This is what they get for takeout. They, they own an entire hotel when they go here. Wow. This is this is the only this is what i meant like when you were saying the whole thing about about information being gathered here that's true that's totally true it is the only place that anybody goes besides school and their house and work and their <laughs> it's and most people work here too yeah there are several people who work here so it's just, uh... yeah Betty confronts Archie. I have not even seen any food here. They've only uh, had milkshakes. Milkshakes, yeah. No, milkshakes. We've, we've seen a bag. We've seen a bag. Oh, we've seen a bag. We've seen a bag of no food. Yeah, we've never <laughs> seen any food, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will say, I really enjoyed that, um, oh, what's her face? Um, Betty's uh, milkshake was pink with a little strawberry on the top. That's her favorite. Oh, yeah. She likes <laughs> Just, you know, matching the whole character themeology yeah. throughout the show. They do that mm-hmm. so, like, like I said, I say the tropes are funny. They, it's hilarious how well they do them. Yeah. Because she is never, ever surrounded or, like, seen without something pink. And it's so good. The innocence, yeah. but also pink turns to red. That's a, That was a theme in the last episode, actually. Yeah. Too. Betty actually scares me. Betty does scare me, and we find out why later. The scariest person on the show. Uh, maybe her mom. Her mom's alright. I, I mean, she's already crazy. Betty's like half crazy. Betty decides that we're going to go and, and confront Archie outside. And so she says, is there anything that you wanted to tell me? And Archie's like, oh, uh, oh, what are you talking about? I have no idea. Yes, no. Yeah, he's absolutely no idea. This isn't part of the script. Why are you yeah, the what is going on? <laughs> this is improv. She says, "Were you with Grundy? I know her car was there." Uh, and he kind of like starts saying it. Um, he's like, "Well, you know, maybe it's not how you think it is, but maybe it is." And uh, Betty says, "So you're having sexual relations with Miss Grundy?" She doesn't say exactly that, but that's exactly when Veronica decides to butt in too. She thinks they're talking about her, of course. Also, uh, what's she so loud for? They're literally standing in a parking lot with other people walking by. She's it's mad. So the, it's so the camera can pick yeah. them up. You have to pick them <laughs> up on the room mics. Also, before this scene, Kevin says the funniest thing ever, where he's like, oh, what was it? What was it like before Kevin Veronica says, got what was here? it like before she got here? I what? honestly cannot remember. Because this, the, I'm part of the show! I, I haven't existed since the show started! <laughs> I absolutely wrote down that exact quote. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because she hears about the, she calls it an affair. She says, oh, you're in an affair. And I'm like, well, neither one of them's married. So I don't know if it's an affair necessarily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like but, a... Uh, <laughs> yeah, to <laughs> yeah, so Veronica, like, they're, they're both... They're all three being very casual about it. And Veronica's like, so what is she? Is she your girlfriend? Your booty tutor? Oh, oh I hated booty tutor. <laughs> <laughs> My booty tutor would hit me every night. <laughs> this episode's alternatively titled To Catch a Booty Tutor. <laughs> I will say... the. During the scene where she's confronting him and then her mom pulls up, uh, they're all, I mean, they're all screaming in this parking lot, right? About this affair that Archie is having with this teacher. And the literal next scene is, um, uh, what's her name? The Blossom Girl sitting in the car in that same parking lot, taking a video of two other people behind a dumpster. 
<laughs> yes, yes. So, so I, we're, 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 uh, that is what happens next is Betty's mom pulls up and she demands that she get in the car, starts immediately talking shit about Archie and Veronica. And Betty's like, can we just fucking go? Like, they're right there. Um, so, uh, Betty is then is home. She's writing in her diary. This, I assume, is a little bit out of order. But uh, she decides to Google Miss Grundy, except I don't mean Google. I mean she sleuthsters yep, her. Yep, sleuthster. Yes. <laughs> except later in the episode, they use the verbiage, I Googled her. Yeah, so, so you can say Google, but you can't show it? Yeah, you can say Google, but you can't okay. show Google property rights are crazy. We don't even want to get into it. <laughs> yeah, so just, we can I assume that Google so. is a verb that's allowed. Yeah. Uh, it's an English word. <laughs> As Andrew was mentioning, Cheryl is in a car, um, and she's just sitting there grumpy with her, what does she call them? She calls them her hair maidens of the, hair models of the damned. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, she, she sees Veronica's mom talking with a random Southside serpent, who we don't know who that is yet, uh, behind the dumpster. That's the one twist I didn't see coming. Uh, yeah. And she says, riddle me this hair models of the damned. And she's like, what do you think Veronica's mom would be doing having a, a tete-a-tete with uh, the Southside Serpent fellow? <laughs> so she takes yeah. a picture, and I assume she was going to post it somewhere, but she just yeah. uses it to show Veronica the next morning. Yeah, so, how nice of her to not... Yeah, that was the nicest Cheryl's ever been. Mother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that confused me a little, too. I totally, I, I totally read that the same way, that we were going to get a online drama fiasco where everyone's getting dirty secrets and... we've already done that before that was that was the last episode with the sticky maple mm-hmm. oh was it really mm-hmm. yeah. This, this yeah but i thought it was gonna happen again because like why yeah. not i, I already really established that. that these things happen so exactly that Very was a sexual weird. assault episode um we had to get that yep. out of the way maybe there's <laughs> more i hope not uh, crazy Jesus. Uh, so Jughead and Archie are in the hallway at school, uh, and, and and I thought that Jughead was passing out the thinnest newspaper I've ever seen, uh, but it was actually flyers for the drive-in, and they're advertising that they're going to watch Rebel Without a Cause. Um, and, and Archie's like, you know, why didn't you tell me? And Jughead says, well, I mean, ethically, I, I'm a non-combatant. Like, I don't, I don't pick sides. I couldn't tell either one of you. So it's not my fault, uh, which is fair. I, I, can, I can respect that attitude. Yeah. But uh, we get Betty uh, interviewing Miss Grundy because she wants to find out some more information. And she is grilling her. She is absolutely bombarding her with these questions. She's like, so uh, where did you work before? Oh, you know, some places. Just like, what are their names? Betty the creeps. Don't give yeah, Betty a gun. Betty, <laughs> we'll see what happens when Betty gets a gun. <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, but then she says... That she tutored, you know, so she's like, oh, have you ever tutored another person like you are with Archie? Uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, I, I tu- tutored Yakamoto something um, and also Jason Blossom. She's like, oh, really, Jason, before, which is a stupid question because it's not like she tutored him after he died, mm-hmm. but whatever. <laughs> and, and she's like, oh, okay. I mean, wasn't he so cute? And <laughs> leans in and just Betty. looks like, that's Betty. <laughs> I don't think of my students that way. <laughs> Geraldine! <laughs> Geraldine's a liar. But also, <laughs> Betty, that was stupid. Betty Betty is uh, like mother-like daughters all. She was really trying her hardest on that yeah. one. Trying to set her up. Yeah, but it was, was bad. So, her face was so, so yeah. perfect. <laughs> yeah, so immediately she ends the interview. Ugh. 
I watched that scene. Great scene. Enjoyed it. I was distracted the first time I watched it, trying to figure out what Geraldine is wearing on her neck. What is that piece of jewelry? It's like a circle with like a half bar down the center. Sometimes it looks like a like a like a, you know the cross circles that they'll put over like uh, you know uh, no eighteen or no under eighteens and stuff like that. And other times yeah. it just kind of sits. There. I was like, oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't know what it now, is. Now that you've reminded me, I actually I should on on Veronica's pearl watch. <laughs> there were no pearls in this episode. Oh uh, yeah, there were no pearls. I was keeping I, track. As I far as I know, pearls. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe it's in like an every other episode thing. We'll we'll find out. Mm-hmm. It's feeling like it. Yeah. So now we've got Veronica and Kevin in. Andrew, I'd like your opinion. What is this room that they're in? Okay. Um. I don't have any idea. It feels like they went to there's like a dresser in there there's like a full wooden dress hold on i'm looking around this room it feels like a like <laughs> it feels lounge but they're students it feels like a like with all the mismatched couches that i'm looking like at the main hangout area at a fraternity house like no joke there's posters up on the back wall dude just walking around everything just is like Everything that is attached to the walls is super nice, and then everything else is like fifty different shades of couches, like ugliest lamps I've ever seen. So we have weird. no idea what this room is, and it shows up all the time. It's yeah. definitely a teacher's lounge because it's got like a snack machine. Yeah, I don't know why they're allowed in there. I mean, I guess Riverdale's a different place, you know. They got different. They got different things there. <laughs> They have a nice, they got some nice stuff in there. <laughs> so Veronica and Kevin are just kind of hanging out and Cheryl confronts Veronica and she's like, hey, your mom's talking with a fucking greaser and she shows her the picture. Uh, she, she says she's here to remind her of her social hierarchy. So she is not having it. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, and in this scene, uh, Veronica says a very important line. Okay. Uh, she says, man, I guess, I wonder if I can remember. It's like, you may be a stock character from a 90s teen movie, but, but I'm, I'm not. not. Yeah, and, but I'm not. And so when you, you guys, I obviously haven't seen the rest of this show, but you mm-hmm. mentioned at the beginning or at the beginning of this episode, Kevin says, what was it like before Veronica was here? Right. And despite all of that, it seems like Veronica's family is well established in the town. So oh, they, li- they used to live here. Yeah, got it. Okay, so moved, moved back, and yeah, her dad uh, is in trouble for embezzling. He's in prison. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, they fled back to where they. Yeah, they used to date Hermione and Fred. Used to date uh, Archie's dad and all the parents. Oh, okay. So it literally is just Game of Thrones, but small town politics. <laughs> um, yeah. I get it. I get it. Houses—they're just mixed together. I mean, like I said, it's like every popular show combined. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting Scooby-Doo vibes. I'm getting oh, sure, Game of sure. Thrones vibes. But Veronica is always, like, her character is dressed in black. And black, throughout the... Dark black, yeah. dark blues, and she's always a juxtaposition on every scene. She never feels like a character who, or at least in this episode... She never felt like a character who was actually a part of the world. She was That's always true. just a We've person mentioned. 
Yeah. Honey, okay, yeah. Well, the, we, she, we mentioned her outfit. She always looks like she's ready for a job interview. Yeah, mm, yeah definitely business-oriented, which makes sense for the New York New York embezzlement dad, you know? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But she doesn't feel like she's a part of this world. She feels like the modern world character playing a modern world character's part in this weird hijack, you know, trope world. But she's dressed like a '60s character. She's like, exactly. like somewhere on the opposite spectrum of a couple of a couple different things. It's so it just that line specifically for for me cemented her character as it's just the odd man out for the for the entire rest of and the she really is. of the she's show. Never been to this town. She's the only one not native in this town. Everyone else in the show grew up in this town, even her mom. But yeah, not her. Not her. Okay, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah, true. That's why she's probably the one woman out. I suppose. Yeah, reason. Fine. I like her character. No, it's I fine. love her character, but I feel like her character plays an important role in the show as mm-hmm. someone yeah. that you could, as the reasonable person you know yeah. sure yeah sure ab- she, she's the one who initially in the first episode when uh when betty and archie uh you know when betty tries to date archie she's the one who's like well just fucking ask him like why are you playing this cat and mouse game just ask him but um, i've been so, waiting for years <laughs> yeah yeah she's the instigator um as her mom seems to be as well speaking of that's that's what we see so, you know to get back to the scene now there's a, a gang member who is having affiliations with Veronica's mom. And she's like, who are the Southside Serpents? And I'm sure we've all seen that logo just around in Hot Topics and stuff. Um, <laughs> oh, but... I haven't. I have not. <laughs> oh, yeah. For the uninitiated, the Southside Serpents are a uh, they're a gang who uh, they steal and they sell drugs. And they normally <laughs> stay on the south side of town. Tunnel Snakes um... rule. <laughs> that's us. And we rule. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely Tunnel Snakes rule. That's all that's I'm a... feeling from these people. It's a huge vibes. Huge so, vibes. So Veronica uh, confronts her mom. Uh, she's like, hey, mom, what's going on with this Which guy? Which is really nice, because, like, usually in these stupid shows, they're like, let's have this whole stock out, and then I'll follow you. No, she just goes up to her mom and says, what are you doing? Because she's a reasonable it's, one. It's literally her character. She would do it's that. Good. It's good. Yeah, I like it. She just confronts people. Um, and so her mom says, oh, I just, it was one of my friends, and he said something lewd about me, uh, <laughs> and I was trying to be polite, but I was putting him in his place. Um... And clearly she's fucking lying, but, uh, you know, Veronica decides to believe her mom for now because she says, when have I ever lied to you? Which is just a bad thing to say. Oh, horrible thing to say. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now we're at Jughead, and Jughead is talking to the mayor. He's begging the mayor to not close down this uh, this drive-in because uh, reasons. It's a cesspool, she says. She says it's a cesspool of crime. <laughs> That's right. Crime well, and transience. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we get what the transients are now. Yeah. Okay, Jughead's trying to appeal. She says no. No, no matter what, she says the deal's already done. Can't can't do it. I won't even tell you who it is. Uh, so now we go back to uh, Veronica, Betty, and Archie. And they're all talking about Grundy at Pops again. We're back at, uh, at the diner. And Betty says that uh, all of her information is like less than a year old like her facebook her instagram her her linkedin everything's like about a year old 
And the only other person that she can find named Geraldine Grundy is this old ass lady who died seven years ago, which I think is supposed to be the Grundy from the comics. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> At first yeah. when I saw this scene, I thought she killed her. <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe she did. Maybe she did. Maybe, I mean, it could still happen, but that's a different mystery that's not even related to this. If you notice the picture that they show Archie, she's wearing uh, her polka dot dress with the big white collar. It's definitely the old Miss Grundy. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so that this is the scene where they say they Googled her, and that was funny. <laughs> uh, they didn't sleuth stare her. Uh, and Archie just tells Betty, hey, look, Betty, you got to let it go. You got to stop. And Betty says, okay, fine, Archie. I promise you. Um, and we'll see where that goes. Because then next we see Archie and Grundy. She didn't promise. She just said, I'll stop. She oh, didn't say she yeah. stopped. She didn't promise. She said, I'll stop. Uh, so now Archie and Grundy are having a little romantic drive-in themselves. I think that they must be at Grundy's house. And uh, they've set up like a, a movie projector. And they're watching it. And they're cuddling. And he's like, hey, um, can you like tell me something about you? And she says, what do you want to know? <laughs> and he says, literally anything. I don't know anything about you. Stop. And she doesn't really say anything. She, like, doesn't say anything. She just kisses yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, I get she it. She just gives him a smooch um, to avoid it. Uh, and so now we cut back to Betty, who... What was, the, what was it that she said she was going to do? Oh, stop digging. Stop, uh, you know, stop no uh, matter and, what. And Andrew, Andrew, what is Betty doing? Betty is most certainly digging. Betty is breaking into Miss Grundy's car. She, she is like a big metal shim. This is where Betty went from my least favorite character to my most favorite character in five so, seconds. Yeah, I have this thing where, uh, I mean, she's okay. And then she starts giving me this face while she's breaking her car in. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, Betty, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Not only does Betty break into Miss Grundy's car, um, they get in, and for some reason, Miss Grundy has a lockbox with all of her secret information. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not in my house, just in my car. In my car. That's her bug out bag. Um, and so <laughs> Betty has very clearly broken into many things before. This is not her first time because so she just scary. gets a bobby pin. She just gets a bobby pin from Veronica and she just breaks open the lockbox. Like, no sweat. Instantly. Faster than I could do in Skyrim. <laughs> that was so, like, have you ever watched Lockpicking Lawyer? Like, no. Lockpicking Lawyer, no. it's just this dude on YouTube. Uh, but know. he's amazing. He's like an amazing lockpick. Uh, and he can go through locks in seconds. Oh. Uh, I looked at this scene and saw her do that trip with the bobby pin and physically gagged. <laughs> I was so I was like, Betty's my favorite character. Look, she's breaking into the car right. She's got the shim through the window. And then she gets in the car. One bobby pin for the lockbox? What the... <laughs> Can I I'm say it? Honest, if I had the key to the lockbox, I don't think I could open it faster. Than <laughs> yes. I was gonna say that was faster than with a key. <laughs> it's insane. I couldn't have opened the lockbox that fast if it was already open. Betty is so scary. Betty is the scariest so character in the show. <laughs> Betty is like Shaggy. She is using five percent of her power at all times, and then suddenly she'll just burst into this huge ball of energy. 
She is. She scary. did that in the last episode. She too, used like fifty percent of her power. It was really she scary. She almost <laughs> boiled a man alive. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk. That's you know, that's a story for another time. Almost. She <laughs> probably he probably has some burns. He has some burns <laughs> on his nipples. Um, uh... <laughs> but uh, inside the lockbox is an ID. That says Jennifer Gibson. What a normal name. That's not one of us Archie characters. <laughs> and, and I'm 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 perfectly like fine. Like I get why people change their name. Me of all people, I would get why somebody changed their name. So mm-hmm. I thought they were being a little hypocritical. And then they find a gun. <laughs> so they had the gun in there only because it's not that suspicious if, if it was just a name change. <laughs> if it was just a name change, it would not be suspicious. But the gun is there. They pick up the gun with like like just the thumb and index finger and are like dangling it yeah hold on a second have you never touched a firearm ever <laughs> it was bad <laughs> um just for reference jason was killed with a gun and yes. only two people we know in the show have guns uh probably three yeah, the sheriff D- dilton yeah. oily the sheriff and uh and and geraldine Miss Gibson. Miss <laughs> Gibson. Uh, yeah, so immediately, we're not getting any in-between scenes this time because they go to confront Archie immediately. Uh, they know he's in the house. Like, he comes out, and uh, Betty's like, why didn't you ask her about anything? We just found her name change. We found a gun. Some shit's going on, Archie. And, and I kind of understand why he wouldn't flat out immediately ask her, hey, what's up? Because, like, he's still, like, you know... Yeah, we just had a good date. <laughs> yeah, they just had a good date. Maybe tomorrow. But, but pretty soon, yeah, we're going to get a, that coming to a head. But now we get our, our, our B-plots because we have Jughead again. And uh, Jughead is talking Jughead. to Archie's dad. Yeah, Juggy boy. And he's saying, hey, look, can you, like, delay the, the demolition by a week? And Fred's like, look, man, I'm a contractor. That's I can't do that. This is my job. <laughs> this is my job. Yeah. And he, he says, you already put one Jones out of work. Now you're doing it to another. And I was like, it's not his fault. Okay. It's uncalled I love the way Jughead embellishes all of his sentences. Oh, he sounds like he has like a word a day calendar. He didn't go into that office and say, please don't demolish where I work. He said... Do not demolish a holy house of cinema. Uh, this is true. And then he's, yeah, he, he says the whole thing about his dad. He drops the information. Um, and I guess Jughead's dad used to work for Fred. Uh, but he got t- fired for quote unquote, for taking quote-unquote materials from a job site. Yeah, what kind of, what, that will probably come up at some that point. That seems like, yeah, I feel like there's going to be something else uh, going on with but the that's materials. But that's literally a D plot. I think, yeah. yeah, I think you guys might be reading into that a little. Like, um, that has nothing to do with the murder or anything. Construction site theft is really common. Oh, like, yeah, I've seen Nightcrawler. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, <laughs> stealing materials from a job site could be like he was loading up the spare wood that they were done and like selling it off on his own or, you know, sure, taking sure. tools. Just, considering the situation, we find out the Joneses are in later. I, I could see maybe it coming up that he was actually using it for like a good purpose. But but whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah either way, it's not like... It's I mean, like feeding his kids, maybe. Maybe building houses for the homeless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now we get to uh, Hermione, Veronica's mom. And she gives uh, a big old bag of money, the same bag that she got from Hiram, uh, her husband, <laughs> to the mayor. Uh, because she's buying the drive-in. It's her. She's like, you know, 
I hope that you don't tell anybody about our little arrangement. Everyone's um, so fishy. <laughs> yeah, everyone's so fishy. Currently, so... A, a campaign going on in the show because uh, know, she. I think she's mayor. She is well, mayor. I mean, she does say re-election fund. Yeah, and she does have a pin on her on her suit that has like seventy-five years or something, or it looks like a re-election campaign pin. They haven't really mentioned it, but they have also mentioned the concept of re-election a few times. So, like, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, but it, it hasn't like really come up as a campaign. Who else is going to run for mayor? <laughs> true, true. That could be a thing. I don't know. One of the fifty people that are related in this town, apparently. Yeah. So, so now we're getting um, Archie confronting Grundy about what happened, and she comes up with a pretty good story. And I don't think I believe her. Like, I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure I don't believe her. But you know, it's it's pretty reasonable. I can't tell. I can't tell if she's a bad actor or if I just can't believe her because she's. <laughs> I That's can't true. Know. I honestly couldn't tell. But uh, she she says that she escaped an abusive relationship, um, and she just had to get out of there, so she changed her name. Archie buys the story. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I think it'd be kind of mean to question it. I kind of see why he he buys it, especially because yeah. he's still in love with her. It's it's hard to say. I I don't know. <laughs> and now we get our first solo Kevin scene of the sh- of the entire show. Uh, it's a good scene, too. Kevin's asking his dad to borrow the truck. And the last time we mentioned Kevin's relationship to his dad, like, like being, like, you know, how if he knows he's gay or not, was in the second episode where he had to explain to his dad why he was down at the river by, with Moose. So I thought he was still in the closet. Uh, mm-hmm. But no, he, he mentioned, the dad says, uh, are you going on a date? And he says, no, I'm going with Veronica. And he says, oh, isn't there a nice young gay boy at your school? And he says, yeah, it's me, dad. That's it. <laughs> I thought that was that was funny. That's a the hardest <laughs> statement on the planet. True, 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 very true. We got um, another good dad here. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty decent dad. He's a he's a he's, you know he's a cop, so he's a bastard. But I mean, yeah, of course. That's why Archie's dad is the best. Fred is, yeah. <laughs> you know, can't all be friends. Yeah, so his dad's working on the case. He's got a whole bunch of files in their office. He's got like one of those big what. What what's like a, a movie? I like you know like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's got like the pins in the wall. He's got like the charts connecting different people. Oh like yes, that. definitely the the little yeah. the string and pin. Yeah, yeah. the string. Yeah, and pin. yeah, I have one of those for all of the family lines in this show. Mm. There's so many relationships in the show. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Like you got to keep track somehow. <laughs> and he tells his son. He tells his son no cruising for guys tonight. Which oh <laughs> god. I could not imagine if, 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 like, my dad said anything remotely like that. That was, that was truly, That's truly crazy. awful to hear. And he's like, no, I'm serious. There's a murderer out. I don't want you to get killed. Uh, so fair enough. He's being a good dad. <laughs> I mean, I was saying that in the show. Archie, mm. don't run out shirtless. <laughs> There's literally a murderer still out there. Do we get us? I don't think we get an Archie shirtless scene in this episode. <gasps> we. I didn't see Archie shirtless, so... One episode... This has been... Hey, hey, a uh, job site accident thing, you know? We have been one episode without Archie shirtless. No way. I don't think he was shirtless. There's, like, a flashback where he's making out with Grundy, um, and he's taking his shirt off, but, like, not not really. Like, we don't get a chest shot. Oh, no. I know. I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) This is a first. This is crazy. The next scene they replaced get, it with a Kevin scene. I'm pretty happy about that. We get a Kevin scene instead of an Archie shirtless, and I'll take that. I'll take that to the bank. 
So uh, Betty's parents uh, go up to uh, Archie's dad, Fred. Uh, they say, hey, Archie and Betty, they can't be friends anymore. Fred is just <laughs> looking at the ground like, uh, why are these people in my house? <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? My least favorite scene in the entire oh, episode. So funny. I thought it was hilarious because, because, because he's like, oh, I know how bad your kid is. He sneaks out all the time and he's just like, you spying on us? Spying on us? <laughs> <laughs> like, totally, absolutely legit, legitimate response. I, I had to stop and pause, like, every five seconds after um, the mom talked. Every sentence out of her made me just She's the skin worst. roll. She's a good actress. A fantastic actress. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, she's evil. I still, I think she's the killer, but we don't she know. She could be it. I still don't know. There's something not right in that Cooper water is what I'm saying. <laughs> that is definitely say, the are fucked up. I got real threatening vibes on that last line she leaves on. It's all, it's on him if he ignores us. That's yeah. like, true. That was a real... That, I, it's on I, him. If it's her, I will be so sad because I don't know. Obvious. It just seems so obvious. There's That's like true. no way. <laughs> but yeah, so so now it's funny to me that they're talking about how they can't hang out because the next thing we see is currently Archie and Betty are hanging out. Um, and Archie's explaining the whole Grundy situation to Betty. And uh, she's like, oh, man, that's 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 pretty fair. Uh, but, you know, you still have to stop doing this because it doesn't make it right what she did to you. And Archie keeps saying, like, what do you mean she didn't do anything to me? And I keep like yelling at the screen, Archie, yes, she did. You're a I child. You're a child. It's horrible. It's just horrible. He's He's just throwing all the lines that you're not supposed to say in this scenario. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Every single stereotypical one. The only way that Betty gets through to Archie is is she says, is this really what's best for her, though? And he's like, damn, you're right. I saw it. You're right. You're right. You got me. You're right. Yeah. So then uh, we get a scene that does nothing except establishes that Hermione Lodge, Veronica's mom, is going to the drive-in with Fred Andrews. They're going to go on a date to the drive-in. That's so nice. That's, that's, that's what sweet. a good guy, Fred. This scene confused me. Okay. I didn't really have any notes. The reason it confused me is because I hadn't seen any other episodes, right? Right. And so yeah. we enter on the scene, and I'm seeing... Um, what is her name? Not uh, Veronica's mom. Hermione. In a full business suit, looking gooched out, and at the beginning of the episode, she's she works at a, a at a diner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I was kind of like, when I initially saw their house the first time during the first confrontation, mm-hmm. I was like, "What? They live here? What's going on?" Uh, yeah, what's... they used to be rich. Yeah, I guess they still are. They still are. Well, they still I mean, are because, yeah, Hiram has been sending her money from jail. Hiram is her yeah. uh, husband. Hiram is the husband. Yeah. And there's been yeah. some yeah. things, like, uh, she's in her, like, uh, waitress outfit drinking wine after. It's like, there's, like, these some things. I just kind of assumed that she had a drug problem. I didn't know it was going to be, like, a whole plot with it. Yeah, <laughs> this is, like, the C-plot. We got some yeah. D-plots, C-plots. We got them all. <laughs> so now we get, now we start getting into the drama. Like the real dramas, things start coming to a head because mm-hmm. now, now let's go back to that scene earlier with Miss Grundy's car. Um, Betty, Betty grabs a gun. She finds it. She doesn't show Archie the gun. She she says, "Archie, we found a gun." 
doesn't pull it out. So I assume, oh, she put it back in the lockbox. Yeah, as one would. She put it back in the lockbox along with the ID. Nope. Betty's mom is putting away Betty's laundry for her, which is kind of weird to me because that's my mom didn't do that for me ever. Mm-hmm. That's not how that works. But she finds the fucking gun in her panty drawer. It is okay. This is why Be- this is why Betty still scares me. Why did Betty keep the gun if she's not a psychopath killer? Once kill I don't someone? know why Betty kept the gun. I have no clue why Betty kept the gun. She's gonna kill someone if Betty's the killer. This is a good show. I'll say it right now. If Betty's the killer, and it's some, it, I would be crazy. <laughs> they don't mention it in this episode, Andrew. Sorry, before, yeah, continue. Just say, I just wanted to let you know that uh, Betty's mom runs the Riverdale Register, the newspaper. So she's always looking for a story. So that's why she said Snoop. Gotcha. Uh, my least favorite part of that scene, you know, after she finds the gun, goes through the diary, and like is pulling everything out of drawers and, you know, doing mom things when you find something that you don't... Yeah, she finds the diary and she reads through her diary. Yeah. Uh, Betty comes home, right? And Mm -hmm. she comes to open the door, get in the car. This woman is holding the gun, right? Mm -hmm. Finger (laughs) on the trigger. Yeah, why is her finger on the trigger? That triggered me. (laughs) She's got it pointed at her head. Just holding it. (laughs) This gun... What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, she really looked... It straight up looks like she is about to shoot her daughter. Yeah. What does she do with the gun? It looks like she sets it down on the coffee table and they go in the car. That gun is that gun is still in their house. <laughs> that gun is Cooper property. They have a gun in the Cooper house. Last episode, I was thinking to myself, don't give her a gun. If I saw Betty with a gun, I would be scared for my life. Because last episode, she was a psychopath. Who knows yeah, she what the fuck she's going to do with that thing? So now we get into the, the final events of the episode. And these all pretty much happen around the same time. Uh, this is uh, we're finally at the final night of the drive-in. Once again, we are watching Rebel Without a Cause, a movie that I've never seen, so I didn't recognize it. I had to go back and watch it again and look at the flyer. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, they do watch Rebel Without a Cause. First, we come in on Veronica and Kevin, and they're just hanging out. You know, they're doing, they're they're kind of cuddling up because they're really close friends, but they're also not threatened by each other because Kevin's gay. Um, and uh, Cheryl parks directly in front of their car. I laughed here. It's Gets out so and says, make some room. That is so funny. Why does is... Cheryl insist on hanging out with these people who she fucking hates? Cheryl is hilarious. Yeah, I was so confused why she got into that car. Why she was does that... this a lot. The camera but... angle where she's not in frame, like, blurred out, and she's getting into the truck is so funny to me. Because <laughs> I thought she was going to go into a different truck or something. <laughs> but no, she gets on, and everyone's confused. Like, this isn't part of the script. What are you doing? You're, you're not supposed to be here tonight. <laughs> It was so weird. And I I still don't know what her purpose was there. Like, besides the fact that, you know, it's foreshadowing that, you know, she's there and she wants to talk to one of those two characters and there's, like, some information she's going to give. But that scene doesn't happen. She's just hanging out with them for no other reason, just hanging out with Veronica. She's lonely. But yeah. she, what happened to the other two girls she was literally hanging out with at the beginning of the episode? They don't like movies. 
They're nameless people. <laughs> yeah, they don't exist. They don't have. They're in the script. They're they are Cheryl's friend number one and Cheryl's well, friend number two. This is why I like this scene. It it makes my brain think like, what could have happened to those two? Like maybe they don't like movies. Maybe she just <laughs> wants to be with other people. Tonight. Maybe they're gay and they're they're in maybe, their own yeah car. maybe. <laughs> Maybe they're kissing with their boyfriends or something, and Cheryl's like, "Man, I gotta find some." But they don't say anything, and it makes it super funny to me. <laughs> She's the one who can drive. She owns the car. Also, she parks her car right in front of their truck. Yeah, in a in a walkway. Like that's where the driveway is during the drive. You don't. Park I can't there. see the movie anymore. You park in the slots. You park in the spots. It is so no funny. wonder this movie theater is going under. They can't control anyone here. They really can't because we have the soft star serpents there too. Uh, oh, but we yes. get we, next. We get Fred and Hermione, and they're you know they're kind of talking. They're like, "Oh, remember when you kissed me last time we were here?" And they're like, "That was twenty five years ago." Like, was it really twenty five? Oh my god, time flies. You know, oh. just just some boring <laughs> uh, dialogue stuff. Yeah, and then we get the real reason why Hermione's here because she decides to get out of the car. Um, and, and we, we, you know, we think nothing of it at the time. She's just like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I think she says, I need to go to the powder room and freshen up. Um, yeah. so whatever. Um, and immediately, as soon as Hermione gets out of the car, and I can imagine that Hermione must have seen Betty's mom walking up to the door. Does anybody know yeah. Betty's mom's name, by the way? Um, oh, I had it. <laughs> Let me check my notes. I don't, uh... I don't know it. Uh, Alice. Alice Cooper. Alice. Alice. Oh, it is Alice Cooper because it's like Alice Cooper, like the musician, and it was weird. Yes, yes. Yes, uh, yes. so Alice, because uh, I call Hermione, Hermione. I should call Alice, Alice. Uh, Alice right. comes up and starts knocking on the door, just like, come here. And she said, he goes, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> like a dog. Fred is the dog, okay? Yes. He's a nice dog. <laughs> Fred's just like, yo, what, 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 what are you doing here? And he assumes it's going to be about like their kids, like, doing. Yeah. Once once she says kids, Fred comes yeah. out immediately. <laughs> He's like, shut up, I'm on a date. And then she says, I'm sorry to interrupt your adultery, which is weird. I don't I mean I guess Hermione Hermione's she, kinda married, but her husband Hermione's technically married, yeah. Her husband's in jail and, and she left him and like whatever. But uh and she says, But it's about our kids. You need to come now and immediately gets out of the car because he's a great dad, super good dad. So he's gonna go tell uh she, she's explaining the situation to him, we can assume, but we don't see that part. Um Cheryl, Veronica, and Kevin are hanging out in their shark bed. Cheryl can't shut up about Jason in like a most random circumstance, but her brother's dead. Yeah. So we'll give him, we'll give him a honestly, chance. Honestly, I would do the same. <laughs> sure, <laughs> fine, fine, fair enough. You see them everywhere. But the serpents is... are, the, the Southside serpents are being douchebags in the back of the theater. They're just kind of hanging <laughs> out, making noise. And Veronica stands up. Well, Kevin kind of yells at them for a sec. And then Veronica stands up and goes, hey, do you know what happens to a snake when it gets stepped on by a Louis Vuitton heel? Ugh. You'll find out if you don't shut up. This is her. This is her once an episode speech thing <laughs> that she's been doing. Sure. Um, oh. And then uh, Veronica's like annoyed by Cheryl. She hands the popcorn bucket to Cheryl and goes, "Hey, can we get a refill?" <laughs> and Cheryl just hands it off to Kevin and says, "Yeah, can we get a refill?" <laughs> that's, that's and a cherry good. coke. It's that's pretty good. Hands it off. Is hands Instantly. it across. <laughs> is in the middle. Hands it to the left. And then she goes all the way over. It's like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Respect. Yeah. Mad respect. 
I read I read something saying that her drinking cherry coke is supposed to be like a cherry blossom thing. Like her whole color scheme. So is supposed she's to be that. worn brooches brooches that have cherries on it. So I'm guessing maybe she likes yeah. cherries. Cherry. Well, her name is Cheryl. So yeah. Cheryl oh, Cheryl Blossom. Uh, yeah. So it's like you know they they only bloom for a certain amount of time. Maybe she's gonna die or something. It's like you know symbolic. I don't know. I, I personally like her spider brooch the best. True. It's cool. That's true. Um, but yeah, so now Kevin's at the snack bar, and he's looking at... I think it's Moose, right? It's, it's yeah, it's Moose. totally Moose. It's yeah, it's Moose making out with some girl. Uh, and, 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 okay, I don't think Kevin has any right to be upset here, because clearly he had a chance with Moose, and he pushed him away. Yeah. That was just his own damn fault. Um, so he keeps ordering stuff so he can keep looking at them, and he's like, can I get a, a popcorn and a, and a soda? Oh, and a, and a snack, and also a hot dog. And they don't have any hot dogs, and he says, fucking figures. And I don't know if that was a... Get- was it's that a gay joke? It's a, dick, it's a dick joke. Was that a yeah. dick joke? Yeah, okay. Oh, so yeah. I thought it was. Huh. But then, uh, yeah. so this guy who is very clearly a Southside serpent walks up uh, and, and confronts him. But apparently <clears> when <throat> we find out that he's a Southside serpent later, it was supposed to be a surprise. So that part yeah, was like he, Like he didn't look over and see the guy sitting there and make eye contact. <laughs> yeah, so they, yeah. They, he confronts him. And we're like, oh God, what's going to happen to Kevin? Um, yeah. Cut away. Hermione is now giving money to that same guy that was yelling at her behind the diner, who we still don't know who he is. Uh, he's giving money, and uh, he says that it's not enough money. And he's like, uh, "She says, what do you mean? This is how much we agreed on." Uh, and he says, "Oh, well, you know, that's what you think. We'll see how the serpents react." Uh, Veronica sees what's happened, and, and and oh shit, you know, cat's out of the bag, baby. Mm-hmm. But uh, next, we got to go back to Archie. Because Archie is not at the drive-in. Archie is with Miss Grundy. Uh, are they at the school or at Miss Grundy's house? I don't remember. Must where they be were. the school. I think it's the music room. I kind of. I think it's the music room. Yeah, and they just know that's where they're gonna be. Um, but yeah, Archie bought her like a brand new bow for her cello, um, and she's like, "You can't afford this. How did you buy this?" He says he sold one of his guitars to get it, um, and that that's kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. But it's because he's breaking up with her. Oh. He's got to cut it off. Um, no more of that. And she's pretty sad. Character development. Yeah, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good choice. Um, I would say on his part. I'm glad he came up with it by himself. Like, well, not by himself, but you know, he's chosen the higher. Ground. Yeah, he decided. Well, I'm going to break up with her, but on my terms, not yours. Like, I'm not doing this because you told me to. I'm doing this because you have a point. But uh, unfortunately for them, they broke up <laughs> just a, a little bit too late because he's given her his final goodbye hug. And Fred and Alice just walk in on them, hugging each other, uh, and they looks like they're kissing. Um, and uh, oh shit! But before we 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 go back to that, we we gotta cut back to Kevin, and Kevin is being pressed up against a fence. It looks so good. What a great shot! The popcorn's on the ground, the soda spill. Yeah, it's like oh shit, he's getting beat up. No, he's not. He's getting smooched. Pretty good. They're making out. Yeah, he's making out with Joaquin, who kind of he looks familiar, right? Like he looks like like Jake Gyllenhaal, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. He's just got a familiar face. Yeah, he was he was pretty hot, Kevin. Like I assume they just were both gay, and he like kind of realized Kevin would be, and so he decided to make out. But they didn't even know each other's names until like we look at them in this part. He puts his number in the uh, in, in Joaquin's phone, um, and he says Kevin Keller. Wait, 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 like Sheriff Keller? He's like, that's not going to be a problem, is it? And he says, not unless this is a problem. 
And he rolls up his sleeve and he's got a Southside Serpents tattoo. Which, again, we knew that. This was obvious. Yeah. Maybe it's the tattoo thing and they're like young. Like they're supposed no, to be high schoolers. It's because he's, he's the sheriff. He's in a gang. So now we've got a little Romeo and Juliet thing going on, but it's uh, Romeo and uh, Julius. I mean, that's cute. <laughs> he could have just <laughs> Romeo and Joaquin. Romeo and Joaquin. Yeah, Kevin. Well, that's just Kevin and Joaquin now. But uh, so now, so yeah, we, we've, we've established that Kevin is not getting beaten up and it will, he might be getting beaten up on the inside, uh, but that's a, that's a dick joke folks. Oh. Uh, rearrange his <laughs> guts. Why don't you? Uh, <laughs> hot dog action. <laughs> yeah. So Kevin finally did get a hot dog. Um, rest assured. <laughs> Thank God. I totally missed this. <laughs> Wait, I'm talking it about flew... them, them fucking. <laughs> yeah, it flew over my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Archie is uh, is hanging out with Grundy again. And when I say hanging out, we're back at the confrontation scene. Shit's going down. Archie says that uh, Grundy's not a predator. Yes, he is, Archie. I need to yeah. interject that right now. I mean, totally. He definitely is. Grundy's like, no, you don't need to defend me. And Fred goes, yeah, Ar- he really doesn't. Archie, stop. Um, he doesn't say it in a mean way. He's just like <laughs> reinforcing what she said. Yeah. Um, Betty's mom is like being like, "No, this is fucking disgusting. We have to go to the the, the sheriff right now. We got to tell them what's going on." Uh, Fred's on her side, and Betty's mom is right for once. Alice is correct until she suddenly isn't, because <laughs> because Betty says, "I'm not doing this to help him. I'm doing this to show you what a disgusting, awful, stupid <laughs> loser that Archie is." <laughs> Betty, or Alice, what is wrong with you? Oh, Alice, this is a victim of statutory rape. <laughs> could you, could you stop, Alice? Please? Why are you being so mean? Also, uh, the yeah. implication here is that um, she went to the movie theater with her daughter in the car, and then there was an awkward fifteen-minute ride where. Uh, Fred is yeah. with them. Whereas Fred is in the car, uh, just you know, hanging out with these people on their way to bust his son having sex with his teacher. That's true. That's totally true. Uh, That's a pretty stressful time for. Fred. It must have been a, the Fred, Betty was clearly upset when she walked into that room. Mm-hmm. She doesn't. She didn't really say much. Yeah. Um, but uh, Betty finally, you know, she now she finally pipes in and she says, "Mom, if you turn." Miss Grundy in, and you get them both in trouble, which they keep saying they'll both get in trouble. Archie's not going to get in trouble, guys. I need to yeah. stress that. Archie's not going to get Archie's in trouble for this. Not going to get in any trouble. <laughs> not breaking any rules. Um, yeah, and so uh, yeah, Betty says, I'm going to turn myself in, and, and I'm going to say that I, I just went crazy, and I made the whole story up, and, and, and they're going to put me in the loony bin, you know, just like Polly. They'll say I finally snapped like all of us Coopers. And his, her mom's like, what? And now Fred is no longer on the, <laughs> on the side of turning him in. Fred's like, hey, look, just let her quit her job. She'll quit. She's going to leave town immediately. We'll just we'll chalk it up to, you know, him being horny. Uh, and, and Betty's mom is very upset. And it sucks because, like, she's totally right in the course of action she wants to take. But yeah. for the worst for possible reasons. Awful reasons. Yeah. Personal yeah. grudges. So, so Grundy decides she's going to leave town. She gives the bow one last hug because she can't hug Archie, and she exits the scene. I hope she's not the murderer. She could be. <laughs> she could be. There's a gun. She is uh, a gun. But, but now we cut back to Kevin and his dad. <clears throat> and this is a scene that's pretty like nonchalant. 
Uh, but I'm assuming it's going to have grander applications because uh, when they get home, they see that their house has been broken into. And none of their stuff's, like, missing except for the room where all the case files are. <clears throat> That's just been ransacked. The whole crazy person board has been ripped down. Uh, somebody doesn't want them to find out the truth of this murder. Yeah. Um, so that, so I mean, that's I, pretty much just for shattering. Yeah, continue, go, go on. I get this man is a cop, but um, I get he's a sheriff, elective sheriff, and you know, obviously, you have, have a home office. But who the heck keeps all of their case files at their home sure. office? Absolutely, that's probably <laughs> yeah, not allowed. Here's another thing: How did this person know that they kept all their stuff at the home office and went inside their home to destroy well, all that evidence? I don't know. Maybe it's Kevin. <laughs> It's not Kevin. Kevin, you're right. He's X'd out on my thing. He's X'd out. Okay, Kevin. Did anybody get? Has anybody gotten uncrossed out? Um, let me think. Let me look at this thing. Brian keeps a record of all the characters and 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 shows us how uh, likely it is that they are to the murderer. So, is this entire show about trying to figure out who murdered Jason? Then maybe for now, I don't know. Okay, at least right now, yes. X is without a shadow of a doubt. I don't believe that they have killed. Okay. And um, no one has been uncrossed out. I've crossed out Betty though. You did cross out Betty? <laughs> yeah, I cross. She's just crazy. She, but I crossed okay. her out because uh, sure. whoever this is was not at the movie theater. <laughs> That's true. They were not at the movie. Or doing some other event at this exact time where the sheriff was out. Could be Reggie. Just a step back. That last scene, she says Polly. Who is Polly? Polly uh, is okay. So. So Betty has a well. We think Betty has a sister. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a big thinking. Betty thing. has a sister who used to date Jason Blossom. Um, oh, Jason, Bl- uh, yeah. So Jason Blossom was like really popular. Betty or Polly was like in love with him, uh, and and Jason Blossom kind of like just didn't really care. And so I don't. Did they break up, Brian? Is that what happened? No one knows. I, I don't even know if they broke up, but Polly apparently just kind of snapped at one point. And, and she had like a breakdown very publicly, and uh, she had to go to a mental asylum. Oh, wow. Or something. Yeah. She's like, yeah. I don't, it's very vague. And but we it's been alluded seen to, it's been alluded to several times that like Betty's mom doesn't want her to go to the asylum or visit her or anything. And like some people think that Polly's the one who killed Jason because everything that happened between them. Um, Cheryl definitely thinks that. Uh, and in the last episode, Betty kind of had a mental breakdown and started wearing a black wig and calling herself Polly. Yeah, it was really scary. <laughs> so I don't, <laughs> I can't answer your question. It's okay. very scary. There may potentially be a sister or a second identity. The Got episode's it. called the second. The third episode was called Body Double. So like. So... We don't know. We we really oh, don't know. Uh, but, Unless but, until we see Polly, I don't think the investigation is going to be finished. <laughs> sure, exactly. But now we're uh, we're on to Veronica, and Veronica clearly saw this one. She heard what was happening, and uh, she confronts her mom. She's like, "Who the fuck are these people? What are you doing?" And she says, "I'm I'm just doing some of your father's business." She's like, "I need actual names and like what's happening." So the reason why. This is what uh, Andrew was alluding to at the beginning when you were saying uh, that this is something that really happens. They pay the Southside Serpents to go to the theater, make people not want to go there, make it unruly, tag it up, make it seem like it's really bad property. Uh, And then they can buy the drive-in for a reduced rate. Yeah, absolutely. 
That happens all the time. Less uh, that the like people won't directly hire gangs, but more like sure. uh, city councils are really good with understanding how to um, direct the homeless population, especially mm -hmm. where we live. Um, mm -hmm. And so quite sure. often they'll do this tactic where they'll keep them grouped up in specific areas of the city in order to drive down the value of that land and make it cheaper for development, come and clean it out and then gentrify it because it's super cheap for businesses. To right. And, and we still don't know why they want to buy the lot, but they do. They really do. And they've succeeded in it. Uh, and Veronica's like, that's not right. This, this isn't okay. Like, why would we do this? And she basically justifies what they're doing and all this, the evil shit they do uh, by saying, look how nice the things we have are. Your Hermes purse, mm -hmm. your other brands of other things, I don't remember. I don't do that kind of yes, stuff. Rich stuff. Yeah, your rich, your rich kid made. stuff, your rich people <laughs> stuff, that's because of, of your dad. So why don't you just let him do his work and you yeah, do yours? Shut up and you do yours. <laughs> so now um, we know Hermione. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, so Hermione's also got some shit going on. Um, and now we come to Archie and Fred, and they're they're leaving. They actually have already gotten home. Um, and, and Fred comes and opens the door for Archie because Archie's really upset. And he, he looks at him and he does a really good dad thing again because he's a good dad. He says, "Archie, you, you called yourself stupid back there. You said you were. It's your fault, and you're ignorant, and and you you know it's your fault. I, you need to understand that this is not your fault. You did dad. nothing wrong. You are a child." Like, and not in a bad way. Like, you just, you're a kid. She's the one who's at fault here. It's just, it's a heartwarming scene. Nothing really happens. I just wanted to write it down. Yeah. Also, it was heartwarming, but uh, also, Fred left his car at the drive-in. So there was another Fred, awkward 15-minute drive. Fred totally left his car at the drive-in. Yeah, Betty's drive where mining at home. How did her <laughs> Betty's mom had to drive them back. Had to drive them back to the theater. Drop them off. There's a 15 minute car ride where Betty and Archie are sitting in the back seat, just kind of like, oh, okay. I did not even think about this, but you're 100% right. <laughs> How did her mind back? Uh, they had to, Archie was, yeah, she was like, hey, hey, Fred, why is your kid in the car as she's driving, as they're being driven back? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe she went back with Kevin. I don't. I don't they know. They cut out all really these know. important bits, you know. That's a very good point, though. <laughs> this is why we don't know who the killer is yet. Betty and her mom are home, and and uh, her mom's like, "Hey, look, this is what I was talking about. Why are you hanging out in those lodges and the fucking Andrews? This is bad." And she looks at her and she says, "And I thought this was a great line." She says, "Hey, mom, what's my name? Say my name." That's yeah, very good. Calms down, and she says. Elizabeth. That's right. Not fucking Polly. Stop telling me what I need to do and not do because of what Polly did. Um, and so that was that was pretty good. I like that. Um, mm -hmm. But she immediately starts writing a new diary. Yep. <laughs> Honey, you found out that this is a bad call. <laughs> it must be some Archie comic thing that she it has. Is. It's definitely it totally, an Archie it comic totally thing. Is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's there's several episodes. There's, so Betty has like her own strips sometimes, or her own like she has her own series at one point. There's one that's just called Betty and Veronica, and a lot of it like the speech bubbles or the narration in the corners of the of the panels are her diary. Mm, I, I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, she's she can't evolve. She's a character. Let me incriminate. <laughs> let me incriminate myself some more and my friends. Um, so then Archie is just sitting in front of his window. Um, he's just sitting there, square in front of the window, not staring at Betty, just hanging out. 
Uh, and she looks out her window, and uh, she texts him, "Sorry." Uh, and he says something. He says something like, "You were just trying to do what you thought was best." <laughs> he ty- he types like the word "you" with a letter "u." I can't look at him the same. <laughs> I hate I hate finding that out. Okay, I can't look at him the same. <laughs> It's hard to take him seriously. We're trying to have a serious conversation, Archie. <laughs> we we end up yeah, right. Your your girlfriend, your your teacher girlfriend just got kicked out of town and you're <laughs> typing with a U. Please. Take this seriously. Um, but now we're looking at Grundy and, and we're having another jughead monologue about uh, you know, how all things must come to an end and blah blah blah. It's not really that important, just kind of wistful stuff. And Grundy is once again lusting after another young boy. Yeah, so we know it was just her wanting to It was to so <laughs> creepy. It was so creepy. Um, and Jughead is... Oh, she could be the killer. Yeah, Jughead is, like, looking around the projector room, and he's, like, you know, taking his last glimpse. He takes a couple of pieces of memorabilia, picture of him and his sister Jellybean, who I love her name. name. That's a yeah. good name. Like Jellybean Jones. And Jellybean, Jellybean Jones? Jellybean That's a Jones. Sick name. Super good. Um, and, and as he's leaving, we kind of see there's an empty cot in there because it's very clear that this is where Jughead lives. Uh, this mm-hmm. is where he sleeps. This is his yep. house. So he really doesn't know what's going on. And he goes outside and he has some spray paint. And, and he decides to tag it with his full name. That's super funny. <laughs> Jughead Jones was here with a little crown. Was W-U-Z. That of is course. hilarious. I always spell... I, okay, that I respect. I always spell was W-U-Z. That is funny as heck. You can tell how badly drawn the crown is. Where Cole's uh-huh. crown is. Yeah, because that's the only part he drew. Yeah. <laughs> he, did the top, he did the spikes first and then the circle last. Yeah. Which is stupid. <laughs> um. Yeah, and so, so now we turn around and he says... So, where do you think you're going to go now? Uh, and it's it's actually it's just someone says that the Jughead, and that's the the Southside Serpent that was dealing with Veronica's mom in the rest of the episode. And he says, "I don't know, Dad, but I'll figure yeah, it out." I always that do. Was great when he dropped the dad line. I uh, thought that was an established thing, and like I was just surprised. No. But I'm glad <laughs> that everyone else was surprised as well, it's because not, not only is the implication there that uh, Veronica's mom just put Jughead out of a house, but his own dad put him out of a home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty intense. It's horrible. <laughs> so now Jughead is homeless. Jughead is without a house. I wonder where he lives. You know what'd be cool? I was thinking he would get a room at the hotel that Veronica's mom owns. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Sweet life with Zach and Cody? Like the sweet life with Zach and Cody? Yeah, 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 It's the game sweet on. life. I'm <laughs> back <laughs> home. <laughs> yeah, his mom is like the clerk. Yeah. So <laughs> no, that's pretty much... I don't know where he's going to go. <laughs> that's pretty much the end of the episode. I don't really think anything important happens after that, right? Yeah. Uh... I didn't I see any end credit stuff. It's just Jughead no. walking off. Yeah. yeah, just Jughead walking away. He's sad. So, um, you know, uh, let's let's ask our guest, Andrew. General thoughts about the the episode, the show. You know, closing closing okay. remarks. Um, I think the show really does like. I, I keep saying trope because I I think it's true. I think I think the show 
really kind of took this idea of, you know, taking what was um, old class or like you know, not classical media, but like uh, 90s media. classic Archie character yeah. tropes. Yeah. Like they're really following in the steps of like, they're like 70 years old now. So it's definitely classic. Yeah. But it's definitely following in the steps of like, you know, Stranger Things as, uh, you know, a competitor of those like old style or like, you know, living in an older world, but it's still got like weird modern elements and mm -hmm. like you know, they're texting, but it's like, like everything that the characters are doing feels like a, like the idealized idea of what teenagers in high school should be doing. Right. Uh, and I feel like that show really takes the idea of idolization and making the characters um, so involved in their trope that it kind of involves it into, um, like they do it properly. Like the trope fades away and it just becomes a believable character. And I, I feel like a couple of the characters in the show are pretty believable. I think Jughead is a really strong character. I think um, Veronica. I think for Veronica. Sure. I think is an amazing character. Um, Betty, great character. I mean, obviously, it's Betty. It's supposed to be like she's, the wild card. She's crazy. Betty, yeah, is a scary lady. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about Betty. Bet, I, you I, haven't I, seen I, what we've seen, but we've seen Betty at maybe her worst. <laughs> we've maybe, hopefully, her worst. Probably not. But Why I would say. <laughs> She's gonna kill someone! <laughs> Maybe. The one thing that the show really does well for me, and breaking it down into like my two basic, or the two things that I was looking for, specifically how it connects to outside media, and then yeah, color, color theory, color, is yeah. that uh, the color red is an evil color in the show. Every sure. time that they're talking about like a like post-laminable situation, like at the beginning, red lit in the side of the um, the diner when Chuck is talking about losing his home to his friends. Um, losing soon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like losing his home, losing soon. Uh, then you have um, where it really becomes a little bit more important is near the end. So. Um, Geraldine, Miss Grundy is wearing uh, red sunglasses, the red heart sunglasses. It's supposed to be like um, a knockback to red being that weird, sadistic, but also really like romantic kind of feeling. Um, all of the blossoms are redheads and all the blossoms seem to experience some sort of like uh, trouble or or mean like the old jason blossom died um and the the sister uh not cheryl right is it cheryl yeah, yeah cheryl, cheryl, cheryl. Yeah, cheryl. Uh, uh cheryl is i mean stuck up and mean but she also lost her brother uh believes that someone in the town murdered him or obviously did and there's just this big weird clout around anything that is associated with the color red um, at the end of the scene where Archie is texting to um, Betty, in her room, everything is lit in orange and blue, the normal color palette, as if the show had come to a re resolution. 
But when you look at Archie's room, the only light that he has is uh, his desk lamp, and it's red. Hmm. Um, and so he's lit by red in a basically a um like he's mourning, like in mourning for his lost love. Um, and, oh God, there was a couple of other points where red. Wish I had taken better notes. Became yeah, such the, a, overall, yeah, it's following yeah. that kind of general. A general themeology where anyone associated with that color seems to have some trouble or negative energy come their way. And uh, almost every scene, I mean, maybe this is talking a little bit too forward, but the inside of uh, Miss Grundy's house is painted red. The walls are red. Uh, yeah. The drum set in the back is red. Um, when you, most of the scenes... Uh, that she's in just have that red lit sadistic love kind of feel to it. Um, God, there was one more scene I was trying to think of. I think it's the one where they're watching the movie, the, the movie together. But I, I don't, I don't know. I don't really particularly remember red in that scene. But uh, but I, I think I think we get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, but general. it, it kind of gets that same point across. Like even Betty, Betty is pink, but you know, pink can become red, and like. That, yeah, that, like I said, that that's something that definitely happened in the last episode. There, they mentioned yeah. like a lipstick color thing. Her mom recommends pink for her, but she wants to do red. Uh, seductress Scarlet, I believe, was the shade. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, foreshadowing to this episode it's, right there. Yeah, it's seductress. It's kind of contorting that. Yeah. Um. But uh, I think oh. I was trying to also find the the common thread for blue. But I couldn't couldn't dig into any, or at least in the time I had watching it, couldn't dig into anything major except that all of the quote unquote innocent characters are always draped in blue, like Archie. Um, I mean, I guess that's just his character. Uh, everyone, shoot, who else did I notice is wearing blue? But anyway, you know, I feel like they make really good use of color in the show and they make it really accurate to portraying what the emotion should be on screen. Uh, sure. In terms of like actual, like the writing of the show, definitely some hard cringe moments. Definitely some <laughs> written for teenagers, meant to be consumed by teenagers kind of lines that get thrown in there. But besides that, I, for the one episode I saw, I feel like there's a lot of like development and depth that they can actually take with these characters, mm -hmm. and I'm really actually I don't know I might just watch the series now. <laughs> it's, it's pretty yeah. It's not like, bad. It's certainly I I said the same thing. I said I could shovel it in <laughs> if I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Brian, any closing remarks? Oh yeah, sorry. Um, continue. Continue. Yeah, sorry. I'm, this is the best show ever. You know, Riverdale. You know. <laughs> What can I say? It's uh, the best. I swear to God, if Fred has anything to do with this murder, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Please, no, Fred. You're going Angie, to find a new co-host. Angie, did you, have a, did you have a final remark? Oh, yes. Final remark. Uh, do you, are you, guys, you guys are taking a list on who you think is the murderer, right? Uh, Brian I am, is. Yeah. Brian is. I, I tend to right do now, my biggest sus is Grundy, Polly, and Dilton Doyle because he has a gun. 
and <laughs> Ethel because she's crazy. Ethel, <laughs> you, didn't see Ethel. you didn't see Ethel. Ethel's only been one in episode in one episode. She's, she's a Barb she's a little... from Stranger Things. <laughs> she is Barb. Gotcha. I, I don't know if it's the same actress, but very much the same person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, so I'm yeah. just if I could throw a name into the bucket for uh, yeah. who, uh, who, who I think yeah. the murderer is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that we know the relationship between the snake at the end and Jughead as father mm-hmm. and son, I I feel like that's where it is. You think it's Mr. Jones? I think it's Mr. Jones. I feel well, like he's know. already he's tied up with a gang. There could be some like like money's already exchanging hands. He's probably involved in some shady stuff already. Like I don't know, murder seems like something that could be on the docket for those snake guys. Here's Tell my the snakes thought rule. process. Usually in like Scooby-Doo, they show the character that's supposed to be the ghost or whatever, the monster, right? Mm-hmm. Really early on, and it's very unsuspicious at all. I don't think I have any of them right. It's it's one of the characters from episode one, for sure. Or two. Or it's just gliding by and we don't notice that character because they're not important enough. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's only been in this last episode, so I don't think, I don't know. They wouldn't give us a mystery without all the, all the, yeah, without all the, could be all the good bits. Yeah, you think uh, you think Cheryl did it? We we've kind of already we we've already established. Yeah. So so this is uh, last thing I'll say is um, there originally Cheryl. The story was before they found Jason's body was that Cheryl and Jason were on a boat trip and uh, he fell out and drowned. Uh, and then they kind of mentioned that he was originally just trying to run away. Uh, she lied to the cops, but then when they found his body, that's when she actually found out he was dead. So we're we're pretty certain, reasonably sure, it's not Cheryl. Like but could be. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I I you know I'd say we had a great time. Um, I yeah. uh, I think it lived up to its uh its title, the uh the last cinema, or the last uh picture oh, show. the last picture show yeah so uh all right well thank you uh once again to our guest andrew uh once again you can find andrew at at corporate cute or corporate underscore underscore cute on instagram uh check out what he's been up to um and we will see y'all next week have a good night <laughs>